Well, winter continues. We have uh, another week or so officially. And here in Northeast Ohio, the uh, temperatures uh, went down really low again last night. You know, and uh, we, we've we had uh, snow on the ground and then a, a good deal of it had melted. And then just in the last couple of days, there was another snowfall and it kind of uh you know piled up on top of some of the handful of remaining piles from before and and when i uh shovel the driveway you know i i, I get down to the bottom and I'll, I'll be shoveling to the left and right and uh the way I, the neighbors have a driveway that's like right next to uh our driveway at, at the street access so uh, they'll when they shovel which is less frequently than when uh, when we shovel but it th th they'll they'll throw onto one of those piles so on each side there's a pile uh, tallest at the bottom of the driveway where you know the most uh, snow tends to get thrown so I took some pictures of, uh, of one of those piles uh, a few days ago, before the recent uh, top-up of snow, when most of the area around it had, uh, you know, had seen the snow melt, so it's this isolated island, not not like one of those super-sized uh, kind of islands that you'll see at a mall uh, in the Midwest uh, and after a big snow snowfall some of the piles that you'll see in parking lots in chicago where, where there's big malls and big parking lots the the epic mountains of snow that get piled up there but so this was you know just a, a mini version of that you know result you know the result of hand shovels not you know massive trucks um but i used that in the artwork This is podcast 126. Speaking of balls and shoveling snow, I guess one of the advantages of having a mall in Florida would be you wouldn't have to shovel the snow 
I went to some crazy Holland malls years ago in Florida. I was uh, looking at uh, stuff on the internet, and I, I saw that uh, Neil Young has uh, put up a Kickstarter, and the uh, the idea behind it is that he wants to make a music player that plays at uh the um technical specifications that he wants he's working with partners to create a uh you know uh high end music player there are some on the market already That'll play flack files and stuff like that. But now uh, he wants to start, a, you know, Neil Young and his uh, partners, they want to start a, uh, they, they want to start a, a player, but also a music store to go with it. Uh, right now, people can encode their own flack. Uh, there are, you know, some channels to get the files, but you, basically what it comes down to is iTunes and Google Music, just for two examples, uh, uh, a lot of the popular music download services, Amazon MP3, they use compressed formats like mp3 and aac also known as m4as uh, the, those the those types of files uh are uh, the basically lossy formats and the pono music player as they're calling it, is designed to play flack, uh, a, a lossless type of audio. But there's also there's also specifications about the the amount of hertz that it plays at, and there's even some debate about the uh the choices they're making but what they're deciding to do what they're calling their ultra high resolution is 192 kilohertz and 24 bit compared to what they call cd lossless at 44.1 kilohertz and 16 bit now I saw an article that argued that 16-bit is 
as effective or more for human hearing as 24 bit, but I'm not knowledgeable enough to know the, uh, you, you know, the real, uh, truth behind that without doing, you know, more research at the very least. But, uh, they're, they're saying that, uh, Either way, they're, they're going to try to play, uh, you know, uh, f files from their music store uh, on their new uh, player uh, by October. And people that buy into the Kickstarter can expect, although I guess you can't really be sure you're going to get something with Kickstarter stuff for sure. But the expectation is that if people that give $300 or $400 for some of these artist signature packages uh, will get a player in October. I don't know uh, if it's gonna, you know, if it's gonna deliver or not, but that's the pitch. sound i've never heard music like that before that's the best sound i ever heard in a car ever in my life as a matter of fact it might be some of the best sound i ever heard a record player in your car i listen to mine a lot and i think this Mike is D the from only the other time i've heard a digital experience that equals that or goes beyond that it's starting to sound like a really amazing warm chris robinson from the black crows analog recording that blew me away. It was like being in a recording studio. It was like we were listening to Bob Dylan. You could hear him like right next to you. You could hear the drums and the backing vocals on Respect by Aretha. I haven't heard a sound like that. Let me explain. Since vinyl. Um, and it's so impressive and it's so brilliant to hear that. What he's done is he's developed something that creates a very warm analog sound. Bruce Springsteen. It takes even your digital records. It gives them a certain sort of bottom, a certain sort of glue. But more than anything else, a closeness, an intimacy that digital recording can lose very easily. The, the difference is so, so easy to hear. You know, everybody should check this out. The clarity and the warmth and the Amy Lou Harris. of it. You can really tell the difference. It's really the difference. It's like, it, like I don't know, curved and round. Well, there are uh, a lot of uh, well-known uh, musicians that are, uh, you know, uh, either um appearing in the video or and or uh offering uh their like uh signature package where you know if you if you give four hundred dollars you uh there's certain number of uh you know items for uh from from each artist that have their uh and um like uh, their signature uh painted onto it or something Well, I have 
been working on a new video. I actually finished it, uh, and I'm, I think I'm going to upload it to YouTube soon. Uh, the uh, working title is uh, They Still Attack Frame Photos. And, you know, uh, it, it was edited, it was created and edited on my iPhone 5. It's, it was easy to do an iPhone-only video because the video I've been taking has been pretty much on that iPhone. My video camera is sort of tied up still. Uh, a lot of the memory is, is still being used as a uh, backup for this wedding video project that I'm still working on uh, from a few months ago. I, I haven't really, uh, there's, there's been construction, uh, downstairs, um, redoing the bathroom, and because of that, the, uh, room, uh, in the back of the house that's normally my office has been filled with materials and tools and dust and stuff, and, uh, I've I haven't really been using my iMac there, and that's my editing computer. So that whole system has been backed up, and then of course it's it's cold and snowing. So even if there are cool visuals to photograph and videotape, they present logistical challenges uh, to using the the equipment, especially in this winter of below zero uh, temperatures. Uh, so the video camera I've been using is the one I've I've had the iPhone 5 and I have some videos that are square and what that came out of is that I've been using that vignette app it's like uh yeah it's spelled like v i n y e t it's kind of I I think it was kind of uh you know designed to be um a composer app for vine or at least kind of influenced by vine it takes square videos it, it uses some uh real-time filters and you can you know you you press down take video and then you take your uh finger off to uh stop and then press again and then it lets you take videos up to 15 seconds or actually longer but it has little lines where it notes that you've gone past six and then 15 on this little timeline that appears um, in a part of the recording screen. So, you know, it, it lets you know uh, that your video has gotten to Vine length and then Instagram length for the six and 15 second limits that they have for videos on those services. So... What I've been doing is I've been taking video with that and then often just saving it to my camera roll. So instead of putting any vines out there, I went into the Vine app recently and, you, you know, I, I noticed it's changed. I noticed I haven't really posted any vines in a while. You know, I, I had, uh, I posted uh, uh, short videos uh, to Vidi, which was one of those like 15 second video uh sites and you know they 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 kind of had like a brief moment and then 
it didn't really grow that much from there. And uh, they got bought out by a company recently or a few months ago, last year or whatever. And it, like, I had my account there uh, and I posted some videos. And then Vine, you know, I posted some videos on that. And then, I don't know, after a while, I've tailed off on those. And uh, this this video I've been working on, I'm going to post to YouTube again. So I think what, what I'm just saying is that it seems to, uh, for me, to come back to posting to, to YouTube where, you know, you can post videos of different lengths and, it, you, you know, it's... Uh, it's it's just it's it's the kind of service that that's been around and that I'm I guess I'm kind of used to using. Uh, so I took these videos, I edited the, edited them together, and you know I did it I did it on the iPhone on iMovie. I noticed there's a number of different editing apps out there. Uh, you know, in the App Store, you know I haven't really tried any any uh, alternative editing apps in a while but iMovie for basic editing on your iPhone it's 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 been pretty good for a while Well, there's a little preview of my upcoming video entitled, They Still Attack Photo Frames. And if you want to see that, see other videos I've done, you can check out my YouTube page at youtube.com slash user slash Pacific Pelican. And uh, actually, that I also use that same username, Pacific Pelican. If you want to check out video Vine videos I did. We're recording this on Friday, March 14th, 2014. Seriously, if they try to physically take semi-autos, I know a lot of veterans and people 
that have had enough, and, and I would not want to be the police or sheriff's department ordered by the feds to try to go get guns. What is your take on the fact that, from a lot of analysts I've talked to, think that the Obama Marxist types want to start a civil war in this country? Uh, I mean, they've got to know what's going to happen if they try to confiscate guns. Well, first of all, to me, that would be an act of tyranny. So the people of Milwaukee County do not have to worry about me enforcing some sort of, of, of order that goes out and uh, collects everybody's handgun and, or, or rifles or any kind of uh, firearm and makes them turn them in. And the reason is I don't want to get shot because I believe that if somebody tried to enforce something of that magnitude, you would see the second coming of an American revolution, like you, the, the likes of which would, would uh, make the first revolution pale by comparison. So the people in Milwaukee County don't have to worry about me uh, engaging in that sort of tyranny. Can't wait. Okay, if you are an alcoholic, you need... This is what the Bible teaches. I heard there's a new Left Behind coming out with Nicolas Cage. I mean, Nicolas Cage's ah. career must be going downhill. <laughs> You know what I mean? If he wants well, to do this I kind know. of a B movie, you know, this I mean, Nicolas Cage has now prostituted himself to liberal Christianity. Where's what? Do you think that Nicolas Cage is a Bible-believing Christian? I saw an interview where he said, I don't, he didn't even claim to be, he said, I don't even believe in it. Oh. <laughs> so why is he doing the movie? Well, either just for the money or just because he just loves Satan. So he's just, I mean, uh -huh. Satan's done a lot for him. I mean, Satan has done a lot for Nicolas Cage. The least thing, he, the least he could do is make a movie for Satan. Well, I'm sure all of his movies are, have been for Satan to some level, but he needs to do one that's just all for Satan. You know what I mean? Where he just promotes false oh. doctrine and false Christianity and the pre-tribulation rapture lie. So, but you know what all the Christians to do? Roll the dice. Take the dice and roll it. Roll it now. Do you know what Pennsylvania judges when Christians killing out of juvenile prisons? Mark Chivarella and Michael Conahan were convicted of receiving kickbacks for more than $2 million from the developers of several private detention centers. But the real crime, according to parents, is that these judges then sent more than 5,000 children to those very facilities for crimes as small as fighting on a school bus or posting a parody of their teacher on the web. My kid's not here! He's dead! He got some hands! He ruined my life! Do you remember me? Do you remember my son? An all-star wrestler? He's gone! He shot himself in the heart! Sandy Fonzo's 17-year-old son, Edward, was a budding student and sportsman when he was arrested at an underage party. Judge Chivarella locked him up for six months. Shortly after he got out, Edward committed suicide. He never looked into, you know, the whole picture of the kids. Like I said, he lined them up one by one and he sent them away, shackled them, um, sent them to places that, you know, God knows what went on. And then he throws them back and, and, and how does the kid deal with that, you know, my son just never recovered from it. Eric Stefanski was 12 when Judge Chivarella sent him to jail for two years. Where are you in jail? His mom's car while joyriding. Or this young man, who as a teenager was locked up for months for throwing a piece of steak at his mom's boyfriend. 
I really couldn't believe that being accused of something like throwing a stake was all that was needed to be put away. The case of the two Pennsylvania judges in bed with local private prisons could be just the tip of the iceberg. A recent report revealed America's largest prison corporations pour hundreds of thousands into the campaigns of governors, state legislators, and judges in the hope of advancing their agenda. And it seems to be working. The number of private prisons in the U.S. is growing rapidly. All their money, every penny they get is a taxpayer dollar that they get from the government. And so what they do is they get they get the money from the government to house prisoners. Then they turn around and spend some of that money by giving it back to the politicians that push the laws and the policies that lead to both more people being incarcerated, more people being incarcerated. So it's almost a, a money laundering of tax dollars. They're making contributions to judges in electoral politics. It's like a closed circuit. You're making contributions to people who are making the laws, and then you're making contributions to people who are enforcing the laws. With the number of prisons, up goes the number of prisoners. The U.S. has around 2.3 million people behind bars. We've seen prison populations pretty consistently uh, over the last three decades can move up uh, a couple percent a year. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, as a citizen, that, that's not the most exciting statistic. However, when you look at it from a business model perspective for the private operators, uh, it's clearly good news. This is the, the kind of idiot prison business to... turned into a nightmare for thousands of underage victims of the two judges in Pennsylvania. In private industry, obviously, to make money. That's what private industry is for. So there's an incentive to have more prisoners, an incentive to keep those prisoners incarcerated for longer periods of time. There's really no incentive for rehabilitation. The incentives are reversed. The so-called Cash for Kids case in Pennsylvania showed just how reversed the incentives can be and raise the question with judges actually interested in sending people away for longer terms and keeping their benefactors' private prisons full. What justice can one count on? I'm going to check out reporting from Washington, RT. Big week. Oh, fuck. 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 Oh, fuck. Shit. Tony, do me a favor, will you please? Will you? Will you, will you do me a kindness? Yeah. I don't that make any difference to me at this juncture. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, Tony. Don't slam the fucking door. No more. Bullshit. God's not Listen, a respecter of persons. A clue here now. I'm I don't not want impressed any by Nicholas Cage. I'm not impressed the by the world celebrities. I'm not impressed by these people. It's going to be very oh, hot. This is so great. It's going to be this very uncomfortable for everybody. No, when you know who's yelling, great? Real life people that don't work in Hollywood. That don't make a bunch of wicked movies. That aren't ungodly wicked whoremongers. That are just God caring people. Why can't I remember it? You know who's a great person? Honest living and an honest, and not some Hollywood actor. 
Not the some fuck rock star. We got flies. Not some celebrity. Okay. The Shut world's celebrities are a devil. Get out of here, you fucking devil. You get all excited if one of them just kind of mentions Jesus or something. Flies coming. Hey, why don't we just get excited about the people who actually go to church? Who actually have an honest job? And if you get all excited about some Holly weird we don't actor. have that fly on the left side. On I'm the not interested side, in you, Nicholas Cage. I would not even walk here. across this room to get Nicholas Cage's flies. autograph. Yeah. I would not even walk ten feet to go shake his hand. Go. I don't care yeah. about Nicholas Cage. I mean, I don't. You could get you could literally you put every celebrity jackass. known to man. Put them all in a restaurant across the street. Put all put all the celebrities. Put Tom Cruise and Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt this and this put is me, all the members of U2 and Metallica and John Bon Jovi and put put Kevin and Spock and that, Picard and, and put, you know I don't know who put everybody over that put put SpongeBob SquarePants over there you know put every Hollywood actor and every politician and Obama and Biden and all the Bushes and the Clintons and everything. Time to mark this motherfucker. Here we go again. We can't hear anybody. Nobody can talk to anybody. Well, turn the fucking thing off. Shut up, dumbass. Shut up. I'd like to kick your fucking head in. What do you want? Meet David Steenerson. Neil Young and Crazy Horse song called Psychedelic Pill from an album of the same name A lot of the audio that I listen to comes to me through podcasts The audio that I'm recording right now is for a podcast. Well, uh, I listened to a show on 5x5.tv, the, the network run by Dan Benjamin, uh, called Command Space. Now, Mike Hurley is the guy who hosts this show. Now, this is one of those shows that, uh, it, you know, the ones that episodes i've heard uh are pretty cool but i i kind of come in and out to like to a lot of different podcasts so i haven't heard too much of this one but i noticed that they were talking about developing a podcast app that was the uh title of episode number 87 so i noticed that they were talking with uh a guy named russell Ivanovic, which uh is one of the people that developed Pocket Casts. So this is a little clip from when they uh, talked about that app on the show. Uh, I think there's a few things. So the, the server-side syncing is probably 
the biggest thing that, that none of our competitors do at the moment is the fact that you can open the app and it's just instantly refreshed. You know, within a second or two, every new episode is, is already downloaded into your, your phone. You know, you don't have to go off and parse RSS and XML feeds. You don't have to sort of sit there and, and let it refresh. So there's, there's that okay. side of the, the instantaneousness, I guess, if that's the word of it. Um, and apart from that, I guess, I mean, that there are a lot of good competing apps, let's be honest, but I I like to think, you know, without blowing our own horn, that we have the the best mix of kind of advanced functionality with a simple inter- user interface. So there are other apps that have uh, more features than us and that they are insanely popular as well, but I, I find some of those apps are just a bit overwhelming. You know, you open them and there's just buttons everywhere and everything that can be a setting for, there's a setting for, and then there's the opposite end of the spectrum i think there's some apps that are actually simpler than ours so they wow. they have really simple user interfaces and they uh, kind of present the most basic podcasting experience you know you can get and they do that yeah. really well but i'd like to think and maybe i'm a bit biased that we kind of ride that that middle line you know as much as we can with trying to keep the app super simple but at the same time trying to present enough advanced functionality that it's you know it doesn't become annoying to use in the in the long run okay you mentioned the the syncing the server side syncing um, obviously, with that, you have to make some considerations, right? So, there isn't it, it, with the way that you guys do it, and you have to correct me if I'm wrong. I'll probably talk about it in a much more uh, smart way. But you I'll guys refresh the feeds on your end, and then people go in to the app, and and they're just syncing with your server instead, which is, I believe, is kind of like how Google Google Reader was was used to work as well, like you wouldn't be automatically polling every feed, you'd be polling Google's cached version of it. Um, how does that, that work, and what is the typical delay between an episode being published and it showing in Pocket Casts? Yeah, so, so the way that, that works is we have these um, these podcast parsing nodes that we call them, and they're not, I guess they're our servers, but they're more just little processes that kind of go off and and just look at all the, the feeds that we have. So I think at the moment we're up to about 180,000 podcast feeds or something insane like that that are registered in our system. And, you know, the, those are all in various states. So some of them have been abandoned. Some of them are, you know, updated really regularly. Some of them are only updated once a month. So we try and form this this hierarchy based on, you know, popularity and has it been updated and, you know, what kind of service does it run on. And these nodes are just constantly sort of out there basically scraping every single podcast feed that we know about. And for the really popular ones, like, for example, for some of your shows, they probably get hit, you know, every 30 seconds to a minute just saying, hey, is anything new? Hey, has anything changed since the last time I was here? And so the delay, it, it tends to vary. It really depends on how popular your podcast is, how well your web server is written. You know, does it respond to things like, you know, when was something last modified? Does it have these things called, you know, e-tags that have all these other things that we look for? And if if you kind of host your XML feed on a, on a half-decent server, then the refresh time tends to be pretty good, you know. Well, I have a bad internet. Five minutes is about... You know, average 10 minutes is probably starting to get a bit up there. I mean, sometimes things do go wrong. You know, we haven't built the perfect system, and sometimes it could take an hour, you know, to get your favourite episode. But that's that's really unusual. You know, if that happens and something's gone wrong at our end... The, the so unlike a lot of so uh, podcatchers uh, that are uh, competing with their app, what they do is they run a sync server. They They... They keep track of how 
recently the RSS feeds have been updated that all their subscribers want to know about and then they keep a cache of all that info on their server so they have like a like a master collection of all the different feeds that all their users subscribe to they check all those feeds and then of those feeds whichever one's a subscriber wants to know about they convey that information to the app so they're an intermediary because podcasts are well you know it's part of the uh uh, democratizing nature of uh, of podcasting uh, all, all you need is an RSS feed that has enclosures of mp3s or similar files you know of, of you know media files that can be downloaded so if uh, someone has a app on their computer or if they just click on a link to your mp3 on the web or, uh, and use like a, a plug-in like QuickTime, or if they're using a podcatcher like uh, Apple's Podcast app or the many other competing apps like Pocket Cast uh, that's being talked about here or iCatcher for iOS. There's a lot of other uh, ones. And what a lot of them do is, is you download the app and then the app... Uh, you, 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 you tell the app uh, what podcasts that you want to subscribe to, and the app from your phone uh, pings the RSS feeds of the podcast directly. And on the other hand, with Pocket Cast, Pocket Cast check, checks in with their server, which has already presumably checked he talked about the time frame in that clip they've checked the rss feed themselves and on the other hand i'm pretty sure that pocket cast still sends the user to the server uh that's hosting the file to download the file now i'm just saying that in contrast to an app like like Stitcher, which not only checks the feeds, but then uh, downloads the actual content that the participating uh, content providers have on their feeds, and then they stream it uh, to users. Uh, I, you know, on the other hand, this uh, uh, Pocket Cast is more of a conventional podcatcher, which uh, downloads. Uh, the app. I think it can stream it too. A lot of them can. Uh, but also, it, you know, it uses a centralized server, but just for keeping track of what's been updated. So my novel is now on Google Play Books, along with iBooks and Amazon Kindle. It's called Crossing the Continental Divide. You can find it by searching in those stores or by going to djmcloud.com slash book.
One moment, okay? Did you hear him? Can you, can you door, yeah, yeah, I hear him. Hold on. Keep your door shut, okay? Portland police were called in to rescue a family from their own house cat. They ah! Cat their baby. They trapped the whole family and the family dog in a bedroom until police could get them out. Fox 12's Ben Singer just talked to the family. He's live in downtown Portland with more on what they had to say. Portland. A lot of people are talking about this story on our Facebook page and Twitter tonight. It is a talker for sure, Shauna, <laughs> and, and really a very unusual call. It happened right behind me here at those apartments last night. That's where police responded. It's on NATO Parkway downtown, just right by the Union Station. <laughs> These here. are where the losers the live. <laughs> After opening the door, police saw the Himalayan named Lux dart into the kitchen and go on top of the fridge. They used a dog to capture the cat Teresa says the police were obviously very helpful, and as you might imagine, he's wearing black socks. It's only funny when it's not happening to you. It's funny when it's not happening to you. No, honey, it's funny. Our sewer system, man. And because no one was hurt, this is one of those situations that sort of lends itself to no one was hurt physically. The but they're really never going to be able to, like, go to the block party ferocious feline so definitely both sides of this good job using a little racial news media he has been acting normally since this incident but they feel like are you fucking kidding me how about you tell us that we're in bed with all these you know foreign countries and we're fucking gonna start another war no deal no i don't believe that game I have been recording for a while, and uh, <laughs> it, it, you've been listening to the Pacific Pelican US slash 64 podcast with me, Dan McKeown, and uh, Jessica came for her uh, uh, awesome cameo here. And, uh, Only a cameo this time. What a bummer. Well, it's because you, you weren't available, and of course I would love to have you anytime, uh, but the recording day today, March 14th, 2014, and you can find more information at the website Pacific <laughs> Pelican.us slash 64.
to slide down into the ocean.